Blog Talk Radio. Snake Oil Radio here on Blog Talk Radio. Thank you for joining me today. That was a little clip from uh, a song called Closer to the Heart by Rutch, which I thought was very apropos for our show today. Uh, Let me tell you a little bit about the show, a little bit about me, and then I'm going to turn this discussion over to my guest uh, today. I'll tell you about that in just a little bit. Anyway, if it's your first time tuning into Snake Oil Radio, my name is Jim Ventura. We run the show pretty much every Thursday at about 3.30, a couple different formats to the show. Sometimes I do a live interview show, sometimes I read my monthly column and then talk a bit about that, and then some shows I do astrology and uh, little mini-readings for for listeners. Uh, So we've got a couple different formats that we operate with here. If it is your first time, again, tuning in, uh, again, my name is Shin Ventura. I'm a professional astrologer. I work with numerology, tarot, animal cards, runestones. I work with a lot of different oracles for many years and have been doing uh, sessions for people here in my home office as well as uh, uh, all over the country uh, by phone. If you want any information on any of my uh, sessions that are available, uh, go to my website. Pretty easy to, to get to, jimventura.com, and uh, you'll see info about uh, my books, learn about how to get signed up for my monthly newsletter, my column, Snake Oil, and also uh, the uh, fact that I actually have a special running for the summer for new clients. That book is $25 off my listed Internet price rates, so you can take advantage of that for about another two months as well if you're interested. All right, so this uh, today is actually our, our live interview show, and I'm, I'm happy to have my guest, uh, Alaric uh, Hutchinson, uh, on today, um, and I'd like to introduce him, talk a little bit about uh, the work that he's doing. I think you guys are going to enjoy this, especially if you're a local, because uh, there is a center that he uh, works uh, from that would be of real interest, and if you're not a local... I think you'll also get some really good insight in today's show. So welcome to the show, Alaric. Thank you. It is joyous to be here. Very grateful. And am I saying your name correctly? Yes, you did. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Believe me. Uh, uh, did you figure out how to get into the, the chat? Yes, I did. I'm on it. Perfect. Okay. Good, good, good. All right. Welcome, everybody, to the show also. So uh, let, let's. Uh, I'm going to turn this over to you for a couple of minutes because uh, most people can already tell I have no problem talking, and I'm going to let you talk a little bit. Tell us a little bit about uh, who you are, what you do, your center, and, and uh, give um, our listeners a little insight into uh, what makes you tick. Absolutely. Thank you. <clears throat> okay. So as you were saying, I run First Spirit Center for Healing here in Queen Creek, I opened it about a couple years ago after I graduated from Southwest Institute of Healing Arts. And ever since I was a kid, I, I just had these visions of having this type of sanctuary place where people of any faith, any background can, you know, come and seek uh, guidance and community. And so I kind of just started out, you know, having a little bookstore and doing readings here and there, mostly life coaching and Reiki. And what ended up happening is it became a spiritual hub for folks to come to, and people just kept saying, we want more, we want more, we want more. And we ended up starting a church, uh, Sunday services, every week. And we've been doing that about a year and a half now. And so I kind of just got thrown into being a pastor of this interfaith community. And before doing it, I really never had my mind that I'd be a pastor, so that uh, that was kind of a funny thing. And what ended up happening as we continued to go along, uh, my focus seemed to really be on vibration and what energy we are putting out to the world and how it comes back into our lives. You know, a lot of people hear about this with the law of attraction, but what I often teach, especially with my students in the Reiki program, is all about how to embody peace. It's not just about talking about it or wanting it or trying to strive for it. It's just about how can I embody peace in this present moment? And that's what my upcoming book is about. It's all about mastering our thoughts, impulses, and emotions. 
And from there, we really go into duality because we see even in spiritual communities, there's a lot of folks who always focus on what is right, what is wrong, you know, good versus bad, the dark forces trying to take over and all that stuff. And what we really end up going is how can we transcend that and really stay in this vibration of peace and really stay in this vibration of, you know, unconditional love and acceptance. And so lately all of my session work that I I meet with people on has been about how they can create and maintain this vibration of peace. And my actually second book will be all about creating and maintaining joy in their life. And I'm in the works of creating a new website for like an online spiritual community for this and probably start to go on the road with my book once it's out in in a month or two. So that's kind of what's in the works right now. We have a few things going on at the center but I could touch on that later if anyone's interested. But I think that's the main highlight. Thank you. And so, what are are you are you self publishing? Are you are you looking for a publisher for your book at this point? It's such a fun process. Um, <laughs> not knowing how, anything to to go forward with this, but I decided to go with the self publishing route. You know, just for the time being. You know, just to get something little out there with all the main uh, concepts that I teach and you know, expand from there. So I am just had it finished editing, so now I'm kind of in the publishing stage. So it should be about a month or two before I get it out. I'm going to go through Amazon and get it on Kindle and sell it myself. Right. Yeah, I mean, just, a you know, one of the, the company I use for, for, for my two books that worked well was CreateSpace, if you're looking yep, to yep, self-publish. That's, that's Once you do, that automatically goes to Amazon and, and places like that, just kind of automatically. Like you don't have to even do anything to get that to happen. That's just sort of part of their 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 sales pitch. But believe me, we can do a whole show on talking about publishing. Trust me. Oh, <laughs> it's huh. a, perfect. Very involved process, and and but you know, but uh, there's there really is a lot to learn about it. Um, so let me ask you a couple of questions. Um, you know, one I want to say, uh, you know, again, thanks for joining me, and for everybody that that's listening live here as well as in our archives, because I know our show gets a lot of archive hits. It's one of the beauties of internet radio. If you if you miss any of the show, guys, you can always go back in and listen to the whole show. That they'll be on the website for for as long as I just keep them up on the website, which for me I'm pretty perseverant, so they should be there for a long time. And uh, but. Uh, you know, one of the things I'd, I, I, I'd like to ask you about is, and I always ask this of guests, because uh, I think it's one of the things that, that really, really ticks in people's minds about, they, you know, wondering um, how somebody necessarily gets involved in that. I think it's always kind of interesting to ask about, you know, where your spirituality came from in the sense of, you know, did you recognize that at a young age? Was it something that came to you later? I think this is really, again, one of the questions I typically ask guests because I think that um, a lot of listeners are, are sort of wondering about that too. About you know, because I know for for me being an in, intuit, I think a lot of people automatically think that like I I grew up in a family where like I was raised by gypsies or you know <laughs> some mystical mother or things like that or you know what I mean like they assume that and you know no. Uh, to that answering to that question uh, in my case, but I think it's interesting to see where that necessarily came from. So let me ask you the question: How did this all originate for you? Great question, and I get that a lot. And I always joke with people, and I say, since birth, you know, ever since I was a kid, I was a very interesting, unique child, <laughs> and I just always had these type of visions. But you brought up a good point. You know, was I raised in this type of environment, etc.? And the answer was, I really was raised nothing in specific. I mean, I have awesome parents, and they're very supportive. My mother just was always the type that was very loving and just said, you know what, the most important thing to do each day is to be happy. And then my dad was always 100% supportive of everything. And they really gave me free range to just, you know, look within myself and go in any direction that I felt guided. But ever since I was a kid, I just would always... I always was very uh, sensitive and quite the emotional kid for a while there. <laughs> and right. it, I just, I, now I understand what it was is that I, I am able to feel a vibration from people. You know, and even when I speak a word, I'm able to literally feel the creation of what it does when it, when it goes into other people's ears. And so <clears throat> just I was always interested in all the different world religions and spiritual paths and I always wished there was, like, some temple that I could go to that there was no strings attached where I could just 
learn. And so I said, you know what, damn it, you know, I haven't found a place yet like that fits my vision, so I'm just going to start it myself. And that's kind of what put this whole path on a spiral. And I'd say probably around 15 or 16 years old, it really uh, began to take off this vision of mine. Right. Um, Excellent. Yeah, because I, you know, I, I think the, the reason a lot of times I like to ask that is because I think, you know, for a lot of people, you know, you know, everybody comes to to their own sense of enlightenment at different points and at different times. Um, again, some come early to it. Sometimes it's a switch that happens later on for people. But usually, I think if you kind of start looking back at your past, you also see glimmers of it. You know, in some respects as well too. Uh, you know, depending how you know early, you know how far back you can necessarily remember. Like I always, I, I've talked about this in other shows. Like when I was a kid, I remembered living other times, and mm, I didn't yeah. really know that other people didn't do that. I thought that you <laughs> sort of, and I was raised Catholic, believe me. So there was no <clears throat> criteria for that perception. It was just something that I was aware of. Um, you know, uh, anyway. So it's always kind of interesting. Um, when you begin to look back on it. But I do think that when you're looking at developing intuitive abilities, um, you know, personally or, you know, through through oracles or various other things, a lot of it is really just commitment to doing it and, and with a willingness to let yourself get good at it. Would, would you agree with that? Would you disagree with that? Totally. It's all about consistency. And I really talk about, I've been talking about spiritual consistency a lot. You know, in the spiritual community, we have, it's like a smorgasbord of samplers and they jump from place to place to place to place to place. And, you know, that I think that's a really important aspect of our growth. Yet, if you really want to dive deep in some type of tradition or to develop your own gifts or even manifest something in your life, there really does have to be um, a set determination and a consistency. Absolutely. I, you know, I think I, I, always, I always support the value of perseverance. And, mm-hmm. and highly recommend that. Of course, perseverance sort of carries with it. Sometimes when you're on a track, you have to know when to get off a track, too. <clears> that's exactly. not necessarily a good one. But primarily, most goals typically kind of come through that angle. Because, um, you know, I, when I was, I was looking over your bio and a few other things, uh, you know, before we, we came on air, and, and Alaric does a lot of posts on Facebook, and um, you can... Um, you know, I definitely want you to throughout the show to plug any info from where people can reach you. But I know um, I've caught some of the, your posts that that you uh, you know that you've done on Facebook and other places. And, and again, looking at your bio, you know what was interesting to me is I, I you know I know I've recommended to clients. I have a lot of clients that are sort of looking for a spiritual community. You know, people will come to me, they work on their stuff, they, they do sessions, things like that, but I'm not a center. You know what I mean? I'm a, you know, I'm a person, mm-hmm. you work with me and you go home. But I think for a lot of people, uh, they, they are looking for kind of a community. And I've recommended a few um, unity churches uh, in the Valley that, that are excellent for that. But, it, you know, when I came across yours, I thought it was very interesting, some of the things that you guys are doing there. And then also I caught that you had said something about how one of the things that you do is you encourage comments and questions during services. Yes, I do. Or around it. And I thought that was really kind of cool because when I was a kid and I would go to Catholic Mass, I always thought that the worst part of the Mass was that there wasn't really a discussion time. You know, it was the priest would get up and tell you what the gospel meant according to what he thought, and then, you know, you'd bet genuflect and you'd get up and you'd sit down, you know, you'd do all those things and <laughs> you didn't say yeah. a damn word. <laughs> you know, you, and I was always like, can I, you know, I wanted to say, can I comment on that? Because I don't really think that's what that meant. But, you know, anyway, but I had to shut up as a child, um, certainly in, in Catholic school. So it sounds like you guys encourage that. We really do. I mean, a lot of the, at least probably 40 to 50% of the sermon is, you know, part of the community sharing. We have a cares and joys segment where people express what's on their hearts and we send, you know, energy out to folks in the world. And then at the end, I mean, even during the sermon, sometimes people people like to chime in and then we kind of go in a different route. But at the end, I really like to have people give feedback and like, what questions do you have? What comments? You know, what, what's on your mind? How are you integrating this information? And on our Wednesday nights, which is a healing circle, it's even more co-creative than that because... <clears throat> We just have people from all over in different gifts, you know, coming together in a circle to uplift each other and, again, to share what's on their hearts, but also to dive into issues that a lot of times 
we're either just kind of stuck on our own dealing with or, you know, you start to tell a friend and they think you're crazy. So it's really cool. Oh, it sounds good. What type of um, so so what type of things do you do you offer in terms of classes? Uh, give everyone a little. I know you kind of mentioned it, but give them a little brief rundown and and tell them everybody how they can also, you know, click on the information to get to it. Oh, absolutely. So <clears throat> right now, what we have going on at ESD is, of course, we were just talking about every Sunday we have a celebration service of community at 11 a.m. Every Wednesday night from 7 to 8.30, we have a healing circle. And we have yoga a few times during the week. We have a little bookstore, and we have multiple what we call light workers offering services. So, you know, you have the life coaching, you have the vibrational alignment, healing, you have Reiki, uh, you toe reading, tarot reading, you know, all you know, pretty much the, the staples of the spiritual world. <clears throat> And then we also do have different classes, like I teach primordial Reiki, which is a little bit different from Yusui. There's a lot more symbols, and you're kind of, each symbol has its own vibration, and it's actually from different ascended masters, archangels, guides, etc. Um, but the difference with how I teach Reiki is that, again, if Reiki is only about 25% of it, the other 25% is vibrational healing, life coaching, and the living peace penance. Because I believe if you're going to be a healer, you probably want to sort out your own stuff first, so you don't bring that into a session. And we have different health classes that we have sometimes going on. It really just fluctuates depending on who comes in to rent space for a class and really what the community wants. Because if if there's enough desire to have something happen, then I certainly can find someone to hold a class for that. Right, and and so what's your what's your basic contact points? Contact points in regards to like how to I mean how do they, is, is there a website? Oh, okay. how to, oh yeah, uh, I'm yeah. sorry. Thank you. Um, <laughs> our website is www.earthspiritcenter.org, and that can actually direct you to our Facebook, which is facebook.com/earthspiritcenter, and then. Really, what's great is just add me on Facebook because I'm super active on there. And as you're saying, I do post quite a bit. And it's facebook.com slash Hutch, H-U-T-T-H, the number one, and then page, P-A-G-E, which is so facebook.com slash Hutch one page. And But mainly I would say just go to our website, earthspiritcenter.org. And that should connect you to all the info anyway, right? Yeah, it has all the information on there. Yeah, the reason I'm, I'm 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 interjecting this just barely even midway through is because later on we'll we'll probably open up the phone lines and take some calls and and sometimes the phones get heavy and sometimes we can't you know, reiterate that information at the end because we run out of time. So that's why I'm sure, inserting sure. that now. Yeah, but we'll we'll do it again later. You know, if anybody missed any of that, uh, we'll, we'll have a chance to do a little more of that uh, in the uh, near future. So, okay, a couple of things uh, that, you know, I kind of caught from your bio, a few things I want to talk about because you had brought up some some interesting points in that particular bio. One, you talked about um, that you felt you had gone through a past year or so of some very difficult tests. Mm-hmm. Um, and I want to talk a little bit about that. Uh, also, um, one of the things that I think probably makes you very unique Somewhat in your in your field is you list yourself as a as a gay cowboy pastor, <laughs> so uh, that's certainly a unique uh, statement or or uh, yeah. uh, perspective to be operating from. I, I find that very interesting because I, I've always thought that um, I've always had a theory that I don't think it's that much of a theory, but I always thought that you know gay, lesbian, transgender, bisexual people are sort of supposed to be actually more inclined to be spiritual. Although, mm-hmm. if you look out into the world, sometimes you can toss that theory out the uh, the freaking window <laughs> in yeah. terms of some of the ridiculousness that I see. But that said, uh, you know, in in other cultures like Indian, Lakota Indian cultures, other cultures often, you know, the people uh, who were, you know, again, gay, lesbian, you know, transgender, bisexual, often were sort of seen as the shamans. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's interesting that that is something that you do. And I'm I'm wondering about whether you've encountered um, more blessings from that or or possibly resistance, because I know you're pretty young. You're 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 in your twenties, right? Correct. Yeah. Okay. 
So I know a very different head among 20-somethings as opposed to, you know, uh, as opposed to, you know, 50, 60, 70. Although, of course, if you're a spiritual person, not really. It doesn't matter what your yeah. age is necessarily. That's one mm-hmm. of the things that's always beautiful I always tell people about. Unity churches, metaphysical centers, you know, interracial marriages, gay, bisexual, transgender, <coughs> you know, single, all those other things. Like, nobody gives a crap. You know, like, not totally. a, you know, that, that, that's, which is an awesome thing, and I wish... There was even more of that when it really came down to because it's such a silly type of a disposition. But let me ask you, you know, has, again, has that been something that has really been been a benefit in, in terms of, of your experience, or have you had any struggle necessarily with that? So go ahead and clarify the question again uh, in regards to just it being gay and, like, being spiritual in the gay community or? Yes. Is that and what, and okay. as, you know, in terms of, 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 of guiding people, uh, do, do you think that that's an asset in terms of um, your your position as a teacher and a healer and a you know a, a, a person in service that way? Okay, sure, sure. <clears throat> so it's interesting because I definitely see that, especially in the gay community, there is that there's a, there's an awakening that happens because we're kind of thrown out of the status quo. When when you come out being gay, a lot of times we see folks that get disowned or there's a lot of judgment and it kind of shakes up the foundation of what we know to be true or what we were taught to be true. And so it kind of puts people on the soul-searching place. And a lot of times in the gay community, what ends up happening is they either find spirituality and it kind of creates this awakening or the absolute reverse happens where it's almost what I call the mundane consciousness where there's so much focus on the material world and, like, vanity and such that that literally becomes their life, that becomes their religion, so to speak. And I, I kind of call gay men, like, they're Barbie on steroids. And right. Not a judgment, but just, like, an observation of where, and for anyone who's in the gay community, they can definitely vouch for this, where it's almost like you're living that the movie Mean Girls 24-7. I mean, I, I sometimes, I love to go out dancing, and when I interact with people, no one knows who I am, and it, it definitely is sometimes, oh, you know, who's this guy over here? And it's almost there's more lack of acceptance in the gay community towards each other than there is sometimes out in the real world. And right. I find that I'm accepted more by straight people, even conservative, than I am by my own gay community. And so that sometimes does cause kind of some strife in people's lives. So being gay and spiritual, would I say that it has really helped me kind of get in with them and assist? I don't know. Not yet. I think there is going to come a time where it's more. But at the moment, it's kind of been hit or miss, to be honest. Right. Well, you know, I think that even for someone who's not necessarily, you know, gay, lesbian, or uh, that, that the whole category thing is so long. Gay, lesbian, transgender, bisexual, it's a long category. So exactly. I think for anybody, I think one of the things that, that a lot of people identify with who are, or, or, or are straight is I think everyone's got some area or areas in their life where they're sort of seen as, quote, unquote, misfit by society. That's really true, yeah. You know, so I think that for a lot of straight people, there's probably an identification um, with that that sense of being able to share with someone who they can truly empathize with, even if they're you know they're not gay, so I I always think that's kind of an interesting element to contend with, but uh, you know uh, you know uh, for me I'm a I'm a gay man myself I didn't um, actually like fully fully come out until late twenties thirty, and what was interesting for me in that experience is you know as a counselor I primarily worked with women. Just mm-hmm. because the reality is, more often than not, more women are going to be inclined to want to have their cards read and and you know things like that. Um, not that I think that's changing, but I think that that was sort of a general rule that you could follow. There was a little bit more of a predominance of it that way, and it was actually mm-hmm. a funny thing because when I came to terms with that and I came, it actually was a benefit to me because um, a lot of times as a counselor, you know. Women would come in and they would they then they'd see me and they'd suddenly be like oh I usually wear more makeup, like they'd start with the whole <laughs> realization of well he's not really ugly you know he's kind of cute and he's a counselor I want to I, I want to reserve the possibility of dating and be like okay we can squash that now 
yeah. in that sense and, and save ourselves. Uh, but uh, I, I think also, uh, you know, as, as a healer or someone that works with people, the benefit that comes from it, too, is I do think there's some truth in that you're able to understand. My joke is I would say you can understand the female point of view maybe That's a little really more true. easily than some straight people do, but yet you're also a guy, so you're still a pig. In, and I say that in the most <laughs> loving kind of a way. <laughs> you know what I mean? So you have that that duality that operates. So I think to me it turned out to be something that turned out to be very useful. But I I I I, I think you know in the arena that you're operating in, again with, with people that are in their 20s and probably early 30s or so, and I'm sure you got a wide range of people that come to the center. That's the one thing that I would say about young people. You know the the racial inequality, the homophobia, all of those things. I mean, it, it's dying with old, miserable people and is not really operating anymore among the 20-somethings, which is uh, you yeah, know, a, a gift on a you phenomenon. guys. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, you just don't care. Yeah. You, you know, you, you, all, you, mm-hmm. all, you grew up in school with, with gay people and, you know what I mean, and, and all the other things that people have, quote-unquote, said is necessarily bad. But uh, I would imagine uh, it probably doesn't make dating the easiest thing. It does, uh, but I think no. that it doesn't. Yeah, <laughs> it's. Um, I, I've had people say that to me. They said, you know, how can anybody date you? Um, it would be scary if someone could see inside of them. Mm-hmm. Which is interesting because that's sort of the point of dating, of being intimate with someone, anyway. Very true. <laughs> Anyways, so what's your thoughts on that? That's uh, that's brought up some really great points there, and yeah, it is, especially at my age. You know, being able to connect on such a deep level when, especially in the gay community, you know, there is a lot, I mean, everyone struggles with acceptance issues, but whenever you add the complexity of, you know, literally being raised to thinking that you're an abomination, which even though I wasn't, you know, so much raised, you know, fundamental, still culturally that weighed heavily on my shoulders. And I remember there was nights where I would pray, like, please forgive me, please forgive me, I did not choose this. And... I think there, that there's this huge vibration, there's, there's this collective consciousness that weighs in our culture upon that. But what I've really just kind of come to come to terms with is, you know what, you know what happens, happens, and I've tried to really transcend, you, even using the words gay or straight, you know, because right. that there creates a separation. And what it just comes down to is just accepting people exactly with where they're at. And if people are kind of are in this vibration of the mundane consciousness that may be exactly perfect for them and the lessons that are coming into their life are exactly what is meant what they signed up for so to speak and you know I have spent many many an hour um, kind of dwelling you know maybe in the past two years before I kind of transcended it really dwelling on oh my goodness why does this keep happening I keep literally dating people and then they become my clients or will date and then they find like their love of their life after they break up with me or right, I break up with right. them. And it's like I keep dating, dating men who still need to find themselves. And I've dated all age, range, age ranges because definitely when you're in your early 20s, it's not typically a point where people really know exactly where they're going in life, what they want. It's more of a self-discovery age. And so for me to already have all my ducks in a row, at least in that regards to my life, it, it definitely added some complications. Not to mention when you're dating someone, you say, "Oh, by the way, I'm a pastor. Here's a hundred other people that are going to become your family and love you for the rest of your life." Right. It's like bringing a baby, you know, on the first date. And so, you know, I've, I used to be very insecure about dropping the P word, pastor. Nowadays, I just kind of let it all hang out, and it's actually really helped me because I'm able to be more authentic with myself and other people. Yeah, because I mean, ultimately, right? If they're if they're un- uncomfortable with that, they're going to necessarily stay uncomfortable with it. You know, I think that's I think it's changing, but I think it's because a lot of people. You know, one of the things that I would say is like, if you're again, I, I agree with you. I hate using the the um, the the gay word only because I I guess I'm more of a Kinseyist in my perceptions of things about sure, where people sure. are on the sexuality scale. I, I think Kinsey nailed that radically a long time ago in terms of that I think you know true 100% straight 100% gay is, is more of a rarity not necessarily a common mm-hmm. you know what I mean I think there's a variation that's all that all that said I think that when you grow up though and you're not seeing images of yourself you know marrying having partnership family of course is going to be some part of you that decides there's something wrong with you mm-hmm. in terms yeah. of societal standards and 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 mass beliefs that operate at some level. So I think when you're 
you know, when you're you're dating, of course, you're going to one. I think healers inevitably always kind of not always. I, I hate to say absolutes, but tend to date with a wounded <laughs> at some level. Although I guess technically we're all kind of wounded. Although we wouldn't be in a physical body and 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 working stuff out anyway at some level. But I think that that's a commonality, um, and I think it can take a while for for people to really come into their own in their sense of self love and acceptance of who they are. So you got to kind of be in a strong place. But then I also think that's the beauty of the 20s. It's, you know, it's really, I don't think anybody should even marry before 30 anymore because I think you really kind of have to trial and error and learn about yourself, and, you know, especially because our lifespans are longer. Totally. So i got a million theories on that, but let's not, <laughs> let's not spend a ton of time on that. Uh, so let me, uh, I'm, I'm going to continue this conversation. Uh, I'm going to open up the phone lines in about five minutes. Um, let me give you guys the call-in number here. It's 646-200-3966. You might need to dial a 1 beforehand uh, to to get through. Um, Alaric has uh, graciously uh, volunteered to answer any questions, and I think he's even got some cards and things with him if you want to ask for a little mini read question or some insight as well. He's going to be willing to help out in that area. So uh, if you're interested in doing that, uh, feel free to call in. Just if there's a couple of you guys, just be patient. I'll try to get to as many as I can. Uh, again, that call-in number is one six four six two hundred three nine six six, and I will open the phone lines in about five minutes or so. Okay, so we were talking um, a bit about uh, one area, and let's switch gears a little bit because you uh, talked a little bit about that you had gone through some difficulty. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I actually, uh, if it's cool with you to share a little bit of that, because I think a lot of people have have had you know uh, a heavy amount of struggle in the last uh, couple of years. So, what's your thoughts on that? You know, I, I, you know, a lot of people love talking about the you know the, the December big shift and the 2012. And to be honest, I think uh, that may have actually happened to me. I definitely felt it. It almost felt like things sped up and all of these lessons that sometimes would take a year, five, ten years to learn kind of all started happening right here in the now. And definitely for me, these past six months have really challenged me, but in a positive way because I don't look at things as pros and cons. I look at everything as a pro and a grow. And so I had a lot of different people come into my life that kind of shook up my belief system and kind of forced an awakening of sorts, forced me to transcend the idea of duality and really fix my guns about the importance of embodying peace. You know, I sometimes joke about how I, I sometimes get more judgment from the spiritual community than I do, like, typical religious right. communities. And I just find it so fascinating that, you know, everyone loves to pra- preach, even, especially in the spiritual community, that it's all about love, all about love, all about love. And then in the same breath, it's like, well, that person over there is bad. Or that person over there, they're not, it, it's Something's not going on over there in that hot mess. You know, and I hear this nonstop, even in the spiritual communities, or especially towards, like, government or politics. You know, if everything is one, if everything is love, then where is this duality coming from? We're literally creating it in our minds and in these realities, and when we're projecting it out onto the world, you know, how we respond to the world is how the world responds to us. And so kind of through what I went through is, you know, I had really close people to me starting to project some, you know, judgments or wanting to push me in different ways, and I really had to figure out, because I did start this so young, I kind of just was all up in the air, you know, kind of blowing in the wind this way or that way, just wherever I felt guided, and I realized that I needed to figure out who I was and what I wanted to create rather than constantly listening to the opinions of other people in my life. Because the truth is, even if you're psychic or intuitive, no one truly knows the exact path that you're meant to be on. And I think where I slipped up there for a while is I started giving my power away to the people in my life that I respected, and I started listening more to their opinions rather than listening to my own heart. And once you kind of cross over that line, you start to feel very drained, you start to constantly question yourself, and that really does some damage on, you know, what we call the law of attraction and trying to manifest things in your life because if you're not certain, then the universe can't really help support you or your guides or whatnot. Nothing's really going to manifest in your life and you're just going to be that little leaf blowing in the wind. So 
I would probably definitely say, you know, the, the, the saying is, what other people think about you is none of your business. <laughs> right. I, I love that. I love that so much. And I'm finally bringing back my confidence with being able to stand in my truth and say, you know what, this is my life, and it's all about free will, and I have to go in the direction that I feel guided to go in. Absolutely, yeah. That, that, that's a great point because you do you can you can spend an inordinate amount of of any time and energy worrying about what other people necessarily think of you. And I, I, you know, I always say that's kind of one of the blessings of 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 coming out of the closet. And and the joke that I say is for a lot of metaphysical people too, get rid of the sexuality issue aside. A lot of metaphysical people at some point have to come out of the closet of hiding their spirituality. <laughs> I know. I've got a lot of I've got a lot of people that get my column, a lot of you know Facebook friends and people that they love my writing and they they they'll come see me and work on this stuff, but they won't really share that they see me with other people or even talk about some of their experiences because they're afraid of the judgment they're going to get from religious members mm-hmm. of the family or various other things. I always say the beauty of of coming out about sexuality is is then on you know you already went through like one of the worst things you can go through. Who gives a crap anymore? I mean, if exactly. someone doesn't necessarily like you, right? Because it, it is, it's their projection. Uh, but I think that, uh, you know, I, I talked about this on previous shows, too. A lot of people have gone through varying stages of difficulty in the last couple of years. You know, I've mentioned it even on my uh, astrology shows that a lot of it had to do with um, not even just the shift in, in, in 2012, although that was a big one, which I say was kind of the locking into the Aquarian age, which has been coming for a long time. And any time during transitional shifts in in society, it's always going to be turbulent, just in general. But I also attribute a lot of that to Pluto moving into Capricorn, making things a little harder. Mm-hmm. But I always say another thing that I think is kind of an you know, important thing for people to remember that it's like it's been sort of said that, you know, really a lot of times at the point of greatest darkness we do become aware of the true creative powers of the self. Absolutely. And I always say Yeah. Oh, you, you can come. Well, no. I was just gonna Some say is that generally when we hit that rock bottom, you know, when when we say when we're in that uh darkness so to speak, that's when you surrender. You kinda let go of trying to control everything and a lot of times it's our micromanaging and our need for analyzing and control that, that keeps things from manifesting into our life. So I, I really do love that analogy. Yeah, it, it, you're absolutely right. It, it's very true because it can be, you know, it, it can really be an interesting experience to go through that and to understand it. You know, many, many years ago in my early studies of, of metaphysics, I was kind of like a channeling junkie in the 90s. I like to say I was following the best channelers around. There was a lot of that. Some of you guys that are younger really didn't see how intense the channeling movement was in the in the 80s and the 90s uh with Jane Roberts and 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 the Seth material and and uh and Ramsa and all kinds of different channelers but one of the things I always laughed about which wasn't really funny when I heard it but there was a, one of the best channeling uh series that I read is a series called the Michael material um which was just amazing and I know this books are still in print but they talked about that there are four primary centers that we operate from, the intellectual center, the moving center, the emotional center, and the instinctive center. And then there are three higher centers, the higher moving center, the higher intellectual center, and the higher emotional center. So, of course, when you read that, everyone wants to say, oh, I want to experience the higher centers, the centers where you have advanced you know, perceptions of things, and everyone got excited. And the channel answered, and they said, how, do you, how could you achieve the higher centers more readily? And the channel said, well, you're not going to like the answer, but often it's usually at points of agony that <laughs> you reach the center. And everyone in the room was kind of like, oh, shit. You know, like, oh, I don't want agony. But yet if you also look at shamanism, the same type of thing will often operate. Shamans often go through tests where you, you transform sometimes sort of through the fire and, and through the difficulty. Exactly. So. I'm bringing that up, you know, anybody who's going through any difficulty now, in the past, you know, or even the future, always try to remember that, you know, that you'll, you'll, you'll get through it. There's always sort of purpose, even though sometimes you can't see it while you're necessarily going through it. Okay, that's my spiel. Absolutely. What's your thoughts on that? It's it just my, I, I, I absolutely agree with that. And what I really encourage people is, 
you know, do not look at it as a bad thing. You know, pain is not bad. Suffering is not bad. We're the ones that label these things. And, you know, all of human experience is a beautiful thing because absolutely everything here on Earth, everything we experience teaches us something. And all learning is beauty. And so whenever we're going through pain and you're like, oh, I can't stand this, oh, I can't believe this is happening to me, blah, 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 what's happening is you're picking up that pain and you're carrying it into the future with you and it becomes like this baggage that constantly weighs on your shoulder. If whenever we're going through difficult times, if we're able to just accept it for what it is and look at the lessons, we're actually able to move through the pain, the difficulties, without picking it up and turning it into ongoing suffering. And so that's the biggest point that I really like to teach people is that it's our choice, you know, how long we're gonna how long it's gonna take for us to learn these lessons, but also realizing that it's all pros and grows, never pros and cons. Right. And that is that's a that's a good way of that's a good way of putting it. Because you know, I, I think, you know, it's sort of an after the fact thing too. I always use the most obvious example of this, but like anyone who's ever gone through a breakup you know, mm-hmm. of course, you often go through a tremendous amount of pain. You have sadness. You feel rejected. Your, your hopes and dreams can feel dashed, all the things. But I guess it, it's kind of my more cynical way of putting it. But I usually say after a brief amount of time, most people come to the realization that all exes get hit with the ugly stick, meaning that <laughs> little wake-up where the part of you goes, why was I there in the first place? You know, like, or, you know, or that realization that something really had come to an end, you know, because people will get the mm-hmm. same way about losing a job, but maybe, you know, your higher self is directing you towards something that's more fulfilling or a better relationship. I don't even want to say maybe. Absolutely. I want to say always, you know. Mm, I always All say, right. you know, it, I, I look, oh, do you want to start? Okay. No, keep going. Oh, I was just going to say, you know, there's always something around, you know, I love the song, you know, Pocahontas, there's always something around the river bend. <laughs> And yeah, it's absolutely, absolutely true because, you know, when you have something in your cup and it's not the greatest thing that you want, you're constantly struggling with it, empty your damn cup, you know, because you can't put something else in your cup as long as it's full. And so a lot of times when we have these type of breakups, we really don't know how much more joy we can have in our life until it happens to us. And as long as we're able to, I say that's where faith comes in. You know, that's what I use faith for, knowing that there's something around the riverbend that is just there waiting for us. But the thing is, if we truly are the creators of our reality, then we can make that happen. We just have to be in vibrational alignment to it, being happy with ourselves today, being, finding joy today, finding fulfillment today. And then when we put that out to the world, it comes back to us. Yes, that, absolutely. That, that, that's a great point. It is. I think that we you know we we have to kind of be patient sometimes when we go through something and, and again sort of trusting that there's some type of purpose behind it because there really always is i i think you put it a good way that often it's sort of like emptying a cup mm-hmm. you know you're still you know I, I a lot of times when i'll i'll have you know clients that i'm working with and they they want to meet the love of their life they want to find a relationship they want to and yet they're still holding anger toward an exactly. ex exactly or a situation, or, or you know, and I even find that even more amusing because I think, I always think the universe is tricky that way. The more you fear something, the more the universe will bring it to you to become neutral about it. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of people I run across that are really afraid of being alone. Yeah. And I would say, well, keep working on that one, and then eventually the universe <laughs> is going to make you alone, but then what will end up happening is you'll be alone and you'll realize that you like it. <laughs> That's, <laughs> it's not a... Not exactly a bad thing. Like, you know, I've been single for a number of years. It's the least of my worries. You know, there's this beauty in being in a relationship. There's beauty in being single. It's it's really just how you want to, uh, where, where you want to put your energy and where you want to put your focus. Absolutely. You know, in terms of how you're seeing it. Okay, guys, We uh, I've had a couple of people jumping in and out of the phone lines, but uh, everyone's, no one seems to have waited. So uh, I'm a, we have a time for one or two phone calls. We'll finish our interview here. If you want to call in, talk to Alaric directly, ask him a question, comment. Uh, uh, call in 1-646-200-3966. That number is 646-200-3966. we got a, another 15 minutes on the show, so we can get one or two callers in, so feel free to call. Otherwise, we will continue on with uh, this discussion. All right, so uh, let me ask you, what, where, what's your, 
what's your larger goal, Alaric? What, what are you uh, What are you wanting to see um, for yourself, for the center, for the people working with you in the next couple of years? Tell me about some of the things that are kind of up and coming in your your path. Well, up and coming right now, I'm working on a website that's very co-creative where people can <clears throat> have a sense of community anywhere in the world, and I'm going to have different different monthly packages that you know give access to video chat, you know, email support with whatever people are going on in their lives, and then the people I train at the center are going to be the ones that are going to assist with uh, helping run that. And from there, to be honest, I'd love to get on TV. You know, I'm all about embodying peace, embodying joy, and I'd love to just work with people on a more massive scale to show that, you know, the purpose of life, I said this when I was a kid, the purpose of life is to have fun and be happy. And it's funny that, you know, so many years later, I'm getting back to the the very thing. You know, you dive real deep, and then you come back up, and you're like, holy shit, it's really the simple stuff that matters the most. Right. You know, everyone I talk to wants to have, like, this deep enlightenment and all this stuff, and it's it's the age-old, you know, tell of, hey, master, what do I do to attain a light enlightenment? And he says, chop wood and carry water. You know, hey, master, what happens after I attain it? You chop wood and you carry water. You know, how can we really have that internal peace and joyous expansion every day of our lives? Why people think that they can be in suffering and depressed 24-7, but they can't be happy and joyous 24-7, that's beyond me, because if you can have one, you can definitely have the other. So I really would love to reach out and work with more people in this in this way. Good, because it, it, it's, it's definitely a necessity. I do. I think a lot of people um, are, are they, they kind of hang on to the suffering. And, you know, and, and I don't, I've done this myself. I mean, we all have. You, we, we, you go through your own sort of dumbness in that sense where you, you become really consumed with uh, an issue or a thing, or you're holding on to something that's not really in your best interest, uh, and eventually you wake up. I know I always said I was always lucky because whenever I'm going through drama or I'm upset, I, you know, I always honor it. If I'm going to be sad, I need to be sad, you know. But I, I like mm-hmm. to do it very dramatically. If I'm sad, I'll, you know, I'll watch a Lifetime movie or I'll listen to Karen Carpenter. Uh, uh, uh. Or I'll, I'll crawl in bed with the cat and poor Jim. But I always do this. I always do the same thing when I do it. After a little while, you know, a few few hours or so, I always sort of it's like a part of me, like rises above me and looks down, and I'm always like I do sort of the sarcastic applaud. Or like, okay, enough of that. That's fantastic. You're really miserable, poor Jim. You've had such a tough life. Wow, wow, wow. Okay, on to the next thing, dude. You know. Uh, but I think. Uh, you know, there's certainly a benefit in being able to do that. I know I have to be careful because sometimes people get hurt because I can be very sarcastic that way. But uh, I do uh, it because uh. I want to puncture balloons of pretense, you know, that uh, it's Absolutely. like, uh, you know, people over-dramatizing the suffering. I mean, suffer, feel bad, move through it, but there's always kind of purpose in it, and, and where is it going to take you? Totally. I always say, for me personally, I still feel sadness. I still feel anger. I just put a, a time limit on it. I say, okay, for five minutes each day, I'm going to allow myself to go there. And then afterwards, I'm going to choose to be happy. Literally, you can train your mind to do that, and I've had absolutely great success with this. Yeah, I, absolutely. And I always I, I often say, and even your thoughts on this, about not to be afraid of a negative thought. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, just not to don't keep watering it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that there, therein lies the difference. I don't. I, I think that uh, you know that that negativity sort of has its place. It, it exists, but it's that you don't keep feeding it. You don't keep feeding the monster. You don't keep. You know, you think a negative thought. You know, I, I, one of the things that I was taught in, in in Catholicism was that even if you think an evil or negative thought, you've committed a sin. Mm-hmm. And I always remember when I was taught that, because even as a kid, I was like, that seems to be kind of stupid. You know, I mean, I think, you know, I mean, if, you, if you're if you mad at someone and you envision yourself strangling them, not you know what I mean, that's, you know, hopefully you just thought that thought, you got it out of your head, and then you don't actually do that. It's out of your system. I think it's the same logic as why people go to um, watch horror movies. You just need to go through a little horribleness, and then you're done with it. You know, onward. I, you know, I scared myself. I, I, I felt anger. I went through it. Now, time to focus on the good and, and the positive. Uh, but I think, um, uh, you know, sometimes people can get caught up in that idea of being afraid of a negative thought. 
Absolutely. There's never a reason to be afraid, but it is true. I mean, I actually thought about that recently, you know, even thinking is committing the sin. And it's actually, you know, in our words, it would be even thinking something is creating the vibration of it. And so when you're constantly thinking negativity, then what are you, what are you putting out to the universe? What are you creating? Right. Oh, I'm not good enough. Oh, I'm not good enough. Oh, I'm not good enough. There's no reason to be afraid of it, but you, we want to acknowledge it and then let it release. We just say, okay, thank you, namaste, and then you move on to the next right. thought. You shift it around to something positive. But it is true, our thoughts become things, and it may not literally manifest as choking the person, but definitely could manifest as creating further separation. It, absolutely. Yeah, I, I think, you know, it, it's... Uh, it's something that we we have to wake up to uh, yeah. in that respect because it can be, you know, I, I, what's one of the things I think is is helpful to understand too because a lot of times when people talk to, I'm sure pastors get this a lot or people that are spiritual and teachers, you know, everyone's still kind of working through their own stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, everyone's got their issues and things that they're working on solving and resolving, and you know, there's no. I don't think there's a perfect place that we get to, although I think every place we are is perfect. Yeah. Even within its limitation. You know, I mean, I think that, the, you know, that's what enlightenment is. It is to become lighter and to release the things that hold us back and, and are negative. Mm-hmm. I think that's an ongoing process. Um, Absolutely. That, that is, you know, that's a never-ending story, so to speak, um, and that's what makes it interesting in some respects. Um, well, all right, let's talk a little bit about uh, your book and, and some future books. I know you mentioned a little bit about this, uh, but um, uh, tell me a little bit about uh, some of your upcoming books as well as your soon-to-come book. Absolutely. So the first one's called Living Peace, and the reason of that is because it's all about embodying peace in the present moment. And like as I mentioned, it's all about how to master your thoughts impulses and emotions yet I also go on a lot of different uh, different topics with it you know just little snapshots because it's very much a compilation of what I've been teaching these past two years talking about the vibrational aura it's one of my favorite analogies to really think about if you're kind of constantly spewing drama in your life if you could see your aura what what would it look like I think if everyone could see the aura and the vibrations we emit out to each other we probably would never want to be you know focus on the negative again because it would be like a monster coming coming out to get you. I mean, I always joke with people, you walk into the room and someone's having a terrible day and they're just fuming, you can literally feel their vibration. Yeah. And if you're not, and generally when two people come together, either one's going to uplift the other or the one's going to bring the other one down. No, it's not good or bad, it just isn't is. It just happens. And so I talk about the vibrational aura, I talk about, <clears throat> like I kind of call it the spiritual quest or going on a mission in life, and I absolutely love every interaction I have in my life because I view it kind of like a quest. You know, it's like quest for the ring. It's like, oh, cool, here's this, you know, contrast experience in my life. How can I add this type of energy to it to make it more uplifting for everyone involved? So no matter what type of situation comes my way, I kind of look at it as a fun challenge to, kind of like, conquer and gain experience points and level up to the next uh the next spiritual level, that's what my friends and I joke about. So I do all these like different fun analogies to to make it fun for people to really expand themselves. The next book is going to be about living joy, and that's the title. And this past year has all been about creating and maintaining peace in my life. This joy now is all about creating and maintaining joy in our life because I'm generally pretty peaceful, but not all the time am I in this the state of joyous ecstasy. And I remember hearing my mom talk way back when she had a she she's a flight attendant and she flew with someone that had Rhonda Byrne, the writer of the secret on her plane. And Rhonda was like the most gracious and nice and happy person the woman has ever flown with. And my mom told me this story when I was about maybe sixteen, seventeen, eighteen, and I'm like, Wow in an, on an airplane, like, seems to be one of the worst places, you know, it's stuffy. This was back when I was never happy. <laughs> it was right. stuffy, you know, full of, you know, annoying people, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, you know what? I would love to get to that point where I could be joyous at any aspect, in any environment. And so that's really what I've been focusing on. And I tell you what, I've been flying. I took a few flights, and I was actually joyous on the plane, focusing on the gratitude of being up in the air. <laughs> and... 
So that's kind of the main premise of this next book. It's not written yet. It's in the vibration. It's starting to be channeled now, and I'm working with folks on it. But I think that's where the spark came from, really having that story of how you can be happy in any type of situation. Yeah, it's, it is. It's a question of where you put your focus. I haven't flown in a couple of years. Uh, I used to fly a lot, but w- what was always fun for me is I would often write my column or do things when I was flying. I, I tended to write a lot when I was in the air. I, you know, I was caged. I figured I would make the best of it. You know, I do the same thing like when I'm getting my oil changed or getting my car repaired. Like I actually mm-hmm. always bring my notebook with me and I pop out a column or I edit while I'm sitting there, and then it goes by so fast that sometimes I get irritated because I wanted to finish, but they did the job <laughs> too quick. So in fact, I, I, I don't recommend this, but I actually keep nail clippers in my car, and I find that if I'm ever late for something, every time I get to a light, all I have to do is clip, cut my fingernails, and I will make every freaking light will be green because I'm trying to finish cutting my nails. So a little oh my trick. Oh, that that's, that's so awesome. I love that. Yeah, you find a way around. How can you use a negative somehow to, to in essence, benefit you, uh, I think is very key. You know, you also mentioned something about TV, and uh, having done a little bit of it myself, um, I think it's a very natural channel, uh, so to speak. That's a good word for it, but I think it's a very natural directional arrow, and I think there's going to be a lot of opportunities for spiritual teachers to do more television work. Um, in, in different capacities, especially with the Internet and, and YouTube and the fact that there's so many more channels to go to. Absolutely. So I think it's just a matter of being open to it. It helps if you're, you know, if you have that disposition where you're not afraid of being on camera. I'm going to safely bet that that's not a fear for you. Not at all. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, you're, uh, you, uh, you know, that's one of the things that, that always kind of makes me laugh, too, because I'm almost 50 years old and I've, I jokingly say I've maintained a reasonable amount of pretty through, uh, but that's one of the, the bonuses to my gay side is, like, I like to moisturize and take care of myself <laughs> and all of those True things. Story. And it's always sort of worked very favorably for me. Sometimes people think I'm shallow about it. I'm like, no, it's not shallow. I think when you have a body, like, you might want to milk that for everything that it's worth. You know, mm-hmm. make it healthy. You know, make, you know, you look, you look good. You feel, but I think internal is external. Yeah. Anyway, I think they they dance together. So maybe we'll get some more opportunities to do some television work. Um, okay, we're actually down to our last two minutes here. So let me give you a chance to uh, give everyone uh, your info where they can reach you. Okay. So as a reminder, uh, the website is www.earthspiritcenter.org. We welcome anyone and everyone who would love to check out the spiritual community here in the East Valley in Queen Creek. Our Facebook page that you'd like to like and follow, we do daily inspirations, is facebook.com slash earthspiritcenter. And my personal web, uh, my personal Facebook, if anyone would like to add me, is facebook.com slash hutch, H-U-T-C-H, the number one page, P-A-G-E. So that's hutch one page. And definitely just visit our website, check things out. All the information and further contact info is on there. And thank you so much. Well, great having you. Uh, yeah, I'll have to uh, check that out myself sometime in the, the near future as well, since you're uh, reasonably local. Um, but one of the things I'd like to see in, in some of the centers is maybe this will happen with where you guys are in the future is even like, you know, computer screen with Skype set up for people that actually aren't in the area to kind of hang Absolutely. out and participate. That would be an awesome thing. Uh, I think for uh, to to get to get set up. I know I have to. I've got to set up. I get clients that ask for sessions, and I do it by phone. But they're always like, "Don't you have Skype?" I'm like, "I do. I just got to get a better microphone." And you know, I think for some reason it, it does help that people kind of want to see you, maybe in some respects. All right. Thanks again for being here, Alaric. Uh, great, great insight. Much appreciated. Thank you. It was a blast. Have a joyous day. All right. Cool, you too. All right, thanks, guys, for uh, for tuning into the show. I hope if you're local, you'll go check out uh, the uh, Earth uh, the Earth uh, Spirit Center uh, where Lark uh, is operating from. It sounds like a great place with some great connections. So uh, absolutely, go uh, go check that out. I don't think you'll be disappointed. I know I get a lot of people that are looking for community, and this is you know a great example of it. You really can find it if you're open to it. Uh, it, it really is. Uh, uh, really, there are opportunities out there. 
So thank you, everybody, for joining me today for the interview. It went by fast, as usual. Uh, this is Jim Ventura. Uh, again, if you're interested in the things that I do, go to my website, jimventura.com. Sign up for my free monthly newsletter. Check out my YouTube video, guys. You'll get a good laugh as well. And we'll be here in two weeks for the Astrology Show. Thank you all for joining me. Have an awesome, awesome day or evening, depending on where you are. Cheers. <laughs>